Good morning, family. Can you believe we're just weeks away from Christmas? And this means we're also counting down to our two Christmas traditions as the Hatfield family. One, celebrating Christmas together as a community. And two, making Christmas special for vulnerable and underprivileged children. So stay tuned after the service for specific details about both traditions. But for now, let's worship the King. Amen. You're welcome to stand with us as we worship the Lord. Our strength will rise as we wait upon Him. Amen.
You comfort those in need And you lift us up on wings Like eagles You are the everlasting God The everlasting God You do not fade You won't grow weary your Holy Spirit so come come and have your way come Holy Spirit move among us come Holy Spirit Flow living water, flow within us, flow living water. Your love is alive, it's breaking the darkness, it's bringing the light to 
soften the heart of stone Your love is alive It's breaking the darkness And winning the fight And bringing the orphan home Utando, Utando Breaking the darkness and 
winning the fight and bringing the orphan home. Yes, Lord, you are everything. You are everything to us, God. Thank you, Lord, that like in the Psalms, Lord, the Lord is our shepherd, God. We have everything that we need. In you we find everything, God. We hunger for you, Lord. We thirst for you, Lord. You are our heart's desire, a deep, deep desire. Thank you for leading us, Lord. Thank you for leading us. Our souls are yearning after you. Thank you for joining us this morning for this uh, service. It's so great to have you. And uh, just thank you to everyone that every week so faithfully joins with us. I want to I wanna pray and then uh, we're going to take the offering because it's so fantastic that as we talk about this I Am series and today, just to think about who Jesus is in our lives. So let's just pray together. Father, I thank you that for every single one of us, you are near to us. That you are the ever-present God. 
And as we'll be talking about today, that you are the good shepherd. And I, I pray that in every home, every place, every person watching this uh, service today and partaking in this service will experience your nearness, will experience your presence, that you are I am with them right now. And that everything is about you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we can give tithes and offerings, that we can love you in this way also and worship you through the material things that you give us, that we can say to you that our lives depend on you and therefore we give our tithes and we give offerings. And I pray for every family to be blessed, every person to experience your provision for them in their lives in really fantastic ways in this season and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we always do, won't you just use this opportunity to give to the Lord today? Um, again, the bank account details come on the screen and uh, there's also the SnapScan option if you want to make use of that. And thank you for your continuous faithfulness and generosity. Well, we're carrying on with our I Am series and today is the fifth, if I'm correct, of our I Am series and we're talking about I Am the Good Shepherd. As uh, we find it in John 10, verse 11. Last week we started with John 10 in I Am the Door, and today we're carrying on with John 10. And I'm going to read the statement that Jesus made in John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now I want to ask a question. Why do you think it is that the Bible uses the motif of shepherds and sheep uh, so often in the Scripture? Um, why does it use that motif particularly to describe our relationship with God? There are other motifs in the Bible that is used. The Bible talks about fathers and children, father and children between us and God. It talks about master and uh, servants. Uh, but it's very often from Genesis right through to Revelation that this motif of a shepherd and his sheep is used to describe our relationship with God. What is it that, that the scripture is trying to highlight for us by using that uh, illustration. What is it trying to tell us about our relationship with God? What are the relational dynamics that it's highlighting when, when even Jesus now in this context talks about himself as a shepherd and us as sheep? What is he communicating? And that's what I'd like to do today and just pick up on some of the things that, that through the rest of the scripture he's telling us about shepherd and sheep and why this relationship is defined in this way. And so there's a couple of pointers I want to highlight and lift out for you from John 10 uh, as we read it today from verse 11. And the first thing I want to say, sheep and shepherds belong together. Sheep and shepherds belong together. And uh, I want to read the verse in verse 12 to 13, where it says, The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. The key concept I want to lift out of that portion of scripture is the idea of ownership. Sheep and shepherds belong together because shepherds own sheep. Um, and the, the difference between a good shepherd and Jesus is saying through this, I am the good shepherd. He, he's saying, I'm, I'm the definitive shepherd, the shepherd, the perfect shepherd, the, the right example of what a shepherd should be. If you want to see that, look at me, Jesus is saying to the people. Not at the other shepherds like we said last week, the, the evil shepherds or the shepherds that fail. He says, look at me because I have an ownership of you. The hirelings are the ones that do not have that level of ownership. Therefore, when the sheep's really in trouble, they're going to run away. But Jesus says, I have an ownership of you. Sheep and shepherds belong together. Uh, now, what do I mean when I say that? Um, <clears throat> let me use an illustration to try and make this point. 
Uh, as a parent, I recognize that one of my key functions as a parent is to raise independent adults. Uh, so from small, when our kids are born, we are consistently training them to become independent people, to become people that can think for themselves, take responsibility, and make their own decisions. And in every step of the way, we are slowly uh, releasing responsibility to them. And, you know, when they're little, we use phrases like, show me how you do it. Uh, and, and then we want to see how they are doing in a certain area. We say, it's not that you can't, it's just that you can't yet. We're trying to encourage and mo motivate them forward all the time. Why do you think that happened is another phrase that we've used. Why? So, the, so that they can reflect and take ownership of a situation. If they acted in a certain way, it resulted in a certain action. And uh, you know with your children as they grow older, more and more you release responsibility to them until you come to the point where they're adults and you presume a, a, a very different role in their life in the sense that they are now standing on their own feet, making their own decisions. And if they want advice or if they want help, they're going to come ask you for it. But you, you, you can't just give your advice or tell them how to do things anymore. They've got to come and ask for it. So you're raising children to become independent adults. Now, I want to say that's not what a shepherd does. A shepherd does not raise independent sheep. Have you ever, noted, have you ever seen sheep wandering on the pastures and there's no shepherd? Because the shepherd has said, well, the sheep are big enough now. They can look after themselves. Have you ever seen sheep that are, you know, walking around saying, oh, I'm mature now, I, I don't need a shepherd, I'm, I'm independent, I make my own decisions. No, shepherds and sheep belong together. No matter how old that sheep is, no matter how long that sheep has lived, how many days they've been with a shepherd, they will never become independent from the shepherd. If you see sheep wandering in a field on its own and there's no shepherd, somebody's going to take them, somebody's going to lay hold of them and own them. And that's the, one of the first concepts that is communicated to us by this analogy or this motif of sheep and shepherd, that we always belong together. Us and our good shepherd will always be together. The journey of a, of a Christian is, is, a, is a journey of becoming more and more dependent on our shepherd who is the Lord Jesus. We will never get to a place where, where we mature enough to become independent sheep. We will never get to a place where, where we don't need the shepherd anymore. We will always need him. And I think the longer you walk with Jesus, the more you know how much you need him. Uh, there's a book that was written by Eugene Peterson, the man that, that uh, was responsible for the Message Bible. And he wrote a book. And the, the book's title was A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Discipleship in an instant society. Long obedience in the same direction. Now, that title he actually got from a quote by the famous philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. And this is what Friedrich Nietzsche said. He said, the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there, sh that there should be long obedience in the same direction. There, therefore, results and has always resulted in the long run. Something which has made life worth living. For us as sheep, our journey with the Lord Jesus as our shepherd can be described like that. It is a long obedience in the same direction. It is a lifelong commitment. Our journey with the Lord Jesus doesn't begin and then we graduate at a certain point and we move on. It is every day walking with Jesus, getting to know Jesus better, becoming more like Jesus and and every day being transformed into his image. 
The challenge is in our culture and in our day today, particularly, and you know, as a pastor that lives in this context and this day, I, I don't know what it was like when you were a pastor at the beginning of the 20th century or the 19th century. But I think in the 21st century, we all recognize how, how people value speed, how people value uh, shortcuts. They want to get done something done and get it done quickly, master it so that they can move on. Again, Peterson in his book describes it like this. He says, we, we believe that if something can be done at all, it can be done quickly and efficiently. Anything that's worth be, get, getting done, we want to get it done quickly and we want to get the maximum out of it. We want to get it done efficiently and we want to move on. And that's just the way we are as a culture and as a people. We, 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 we like to be stimulated. We consistently need stimulus. We consistently need a new thing put in front of us, a new challenge, a new opportunity. And then when the challenge is put before us, we want to, as quickly as possible, deal with it, get successful in it, and then move on. Uh, and, you know, if I think about it, for instance, how our medical aids are trying to incentivize us for those of us that have medical aid, the medical aids are consistently trying to incentivize us to learn to live healthy lifestyles. So what your medical aid will, for instance, do is they will, they will tell you if you keep up your exercise, you can get a smartwatch for free. So you get the watch, and then every month, if you keep up your steps and your exercise, then they deduct that from what you're supposed to pay, and you could pay nothing. And uh, so I, a number of years ago, many years ago, got a smartwatch like that through the medical aid. It's fantastic. And then I had to do a certain amount of steps every day. And I remember for the first week, I would, you know, it would sort of be at night just before I go to bed and I check the watch. Ooh, I'm like 100 steps short. And then I'd stand in the bathroom and I'd be running in the bathroom or something to try and keep my steps up, you know. Uh, but how many of you figured out eventually if you had a smartwatch like that? But that if you just moved your arm, your watch would be deceived and actually think that you're running or walking. And uh, so you would see people just do this. They would be consistently just moving their arm just to move the watch. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, because that's how we are as people. We want to get something done and we want to get it done as quickly as possible with as least amount of effort. And if there's shortcuts that we can figure out, like right now, you get these amazing apps that you don't have to read a whole book anymore. They summarize the book for you and then you just buy the summary. Or, you know, whatever it is, we, we're always looking for the shortcut. What is the easiest way to get it done? Because we value speed so much. We award people in our culture that get things done first and quickly. And that's even a challenge for us as Christians. I think we've brought some of that same mindset sometimes to our journey with Jesus as his sheep and he's our shepherd. We, we want to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, quickly t teach us what we need to know. Give us the shortcuts. Give us, as, as somebody once said, you know, give us the bare gospel, the bare minimum of the gospel. What does it concisely come down to? And, and we don't, you know, we, we, we don't want to put in more effort than is necessary. We, we want to know I've, I've mastered it. I can move on to the next thing. And, um, and, and if it takes too long, we get bored. We, we struggle with it. So this whole idea of Jesus saying, I am the shepherd and you are the sheep. And we're going to journey every day together. A long obedience in the same direction is hard for us. It's hard for us. Perhaps in concept we agree to it. But to actually do it, to actually live it is difficult. We've got many people that make decisions for Christ. But not so many that actually follow through with living a life daily with Christ. You know, because 
It's, it's, very, it's quite easy, actually, to make Jesus attractive to people. If you package him in the right way and you sell him the, the right way to people, you know, and you put all the benefits that there is to serving Jesus up for people, it's, it's quite easy to get people to make a decision for Christ. But here, Jesus is talking to people and he's saying, listen, <laughs> there's something more to this. And Jesus was upfront. He didn't try and fool people. He, Jesus wasn't a salesman. And I know sometimes people think that we are salesmen for the gospel. I won't tell you I'm not a salesman. I, 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 would be the wor- I am the worst salesman in the world. I don't want to sell anybody anything. I, Jesus, what he does as the good shepherd is he comes up front and he tells people, this is what it means if you want to be with me. Is I, sheep and shepherds belong together always. This is a long journey. It's so often that we see people start the journey, but then it, the excitement wanes, the, the novelty of it wanes, the, the tediousness perhaps, the daily disciplines begin to enter in. And then people start looking for what is the next thing that will stimulate me? What is the next thing? What is the next service I can go to that, that will just pick me up and keep me going? Or is there a special conference or a special event that I can go to so that, so that it just stays fresh and I can, I can keep going? It's not many people that sign up for a lifelong apprenticeship that is about the patient acquisition of virtues and character in faith. And that's what it means to be a believer. I was praying the other day and just considering some challenges that I was facing with other people and and questions that I had about how to deal with situations. And, And the Lord just spoke to me so clearly. He said, just remember, slow and steady, slow and steady. It's not the big decision we make today only. Sometimes our life changes because we make one big decision. But can I tell you, our followership of Jesus more depends on the little decisions we make every day, every hour, every moment that builds a long obedience in the same direction. I'm thankful for moments where, where, where God moves and it's, and it's spectacular and he rejuvenates something in my life. But I'm also thankful for the times where it's the journey through the valley, where I get to know Jesus in the routine of every day. He is the shepherd. Sheep and and, and shepherds belong together. The second thing I want to say is sheep and shepherds smell the same. Sheep and shepherds smelled the same. Uh, The scripture I'm going to read here is John 10 verse 14 to 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says here, you know, sheep and shepherds spend time together. And literally, it was the case. They rubbed off on each other. Because the shepherds were so close to the sheep, they were so interactive with the sheep all day long. And, and, and as I described it last week, you know, we'd check up on them and, and, and see if they're fine and be their physician and be their protector. And so that eventually the sheep started smelling like the shepherd and the shepherd started smelling like the sheep. Because they got to know each other. And in this verse, Jesus says the st- sets the standard for our knowing of him. He says, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I mean, that's a tall order, isn't it? Just think about that. Jesus and the Father has been together for eternity past. They've never been separate from one another. They've always been together. They know each other. Know with capital letters. They, they're so familiar with each other in everything. They are one. 
Jesus says, just as they know each other, you and I must get to know the shepherd and the shepherd wants to know us. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. That's why Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I remember Bob Mumford once saying that that promise of Jesus is for some people more of a threat than what it is a promise. When Jesus says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm never going to let you go. I'm going to be with you always. There's times where we just want to say to Jesus, oh, just give me space. I just need a bit of space. Just let's separate for a little bit so that I can just work on some stuff and, and then we'll get back together. Jesus says, no, that's not an option. I'll never leave you. We are in this together. Sheep and shepherds smelled the same. A, a key word that the Bible uses and that's very important to us in our church and in our communities is the word discipleship because I think discipleship captures this idea of the relationship between shepherds and sheep and sheep and shepherds. That's why Jesus says, go into all the world to make disciples. Disciples are people that are, 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 not, are not just making a decision for Jesus and, and tell, ask Jesus to pick them up, to clean them up, sort them out so that they can carry on with the rest of their life and be okay. Disciples are those that follow the master. They are the apprentices. Have you ever watched a, a person being apprenticed by somebody? It's a long journey. Sometimes it's a whole life journey of learning a skill, mastering something because somebody's imparting it to you. If you think of somebody that makes violins by hand or, or builds uh, something by hand and they're passing this trade on to somebody else, it's a journey together. That's what discipleship is. There's no shortcuts. There's, there's no five-point list. If I, if I just do these five things, I'm going to be okay. Being a disciple is signing up for a lifelong journey with Jesus as, and, and to begin to get to know him, to know him, to smell like him, to be like him, to, to be transformed into his image. Unfortunately, so much about modern-day Christianity is not about making disciples. It actually looks to me sometimes more that it's about, it's about getting people saved so that they can become independent people, so that they can become successful people. Now, when it comes to independence in terms of being a believer that can stand on my own feet in my own relationship with Jesus. I'm all for that. And, and that's what we try and do. That's why the scripture says in Ephesians 4, to, to, this is the work of the fivefold ministry, is to equip the saints for their work of ministry. There is an independence in that. But there's no independence from Jesus. There's no becoming mature enough so that I don't need Jesus. That is a lifelong journey. And yes, Jesus wants us to be successful, but that's not the first objective. The first objective is to walk with Jesus, is to know Jesus, and to let him define success for you, to let him define what your life purpose and what it is that, that he wants your life to be about. That's what sheep and shepherds smelled like each other, isn't it? Remember the scripture says of the disciples, the people could recognize they've been with Jesus. That's not just because they could teach what Jesus taught. That's why, because they smelled like Jesus. They behaved like Jesus. They started living, and it was clear that they were not of this world, that there was something different about them. I want to smell like Jesus, and I'm sure you want to smell like Jesus. You, you want to exude that aroma of who Jesus is, that, that smell. That Unfortunately, the scripture says, Paul writes, he says, to some it will be a smell of life, to others a, smell, a stench of death. But I want to smell like Jesus. I want people to know that I've been with Jesus. So sheep and shepherds smelled the same. 
This next point I want to make is sheep hear the shepherd. And the verse I want to read here is verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You see, the disciple is the person that have begun to hear the voice of Jesus. And their life becomes different in that every day, every moment, they're looking for the voice of Jesus. Despite all the noise of this world, the clamor that's going on, the advertising and the titillation of this world that is trying to seduce us and draw us to the, to the evil shepherds, the follower of Christ, the disciple, the sheep, says, where's my shepherd's voice? I'm listening for my shepherd's voice. My life hinges on hearing the shepherd's voice. If I don't know the shepherd's voice, I'm going to be led astray. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to, I'm going to be treated badly. But I want to know the shepherd's voice. They hear the shepherd's voice. They're not occasionally visiting to hear something from the shepherd. They daily look for the shepherd's voice. They don't go to some religious gathering once a week or once every now and then as an oasis to go, where's the shepherd's voice? I need to hear the shepherd's voice only. They don't look for the shepherd's voice in their leisure time when they have spare time left over, when life is not too busy, when when there's not too much going on, then they say, oh, I've got time. Isn't it amazing how often you speak to somebody as a believer and you say, how's your prayer life going? And they say, I'm just so busy. (laughs) I mean, we can be busy and still hear the shepherd's voice. I believe to, to consistently know the shepherd's voice and stay tuned to the shepherd's voice, you need to have a practice in your life of every now and then being quiet, sitting, listening to the shepherd. But I also believe that every day in the busyness, I can hear the shepherd's voice. The other day I was in a, in a queue waiting to be serviced at a place. And I was getting frustrated and irritated because this queue was taking too long. And then the Spirit of God just spoke to me and I just remembered I am the ever-present God. And I recognized that in this moment, while I'm sitting here waiting to be helped and getting irritated, it could be a moment that I could be hearing the Lord's voice. And so I just, in that, in that place, nobody would have known what I was doing. I didn't go on my knees or look any different. I just quieted my heart and said, okay, Lord Jesus, I focus on you. And had just that moment. And I started recognizing how many times do I have during a day where, where, I'm, where I'm waiting, I'm in between. Could I at least have those moments with I am? Could I be hearing the shepherd's voice, looking for the shepherd's voice? becomes the direction of our hearts. It becomes the, the passion of our lives is to hear the shepherd's voice. We gather with fellow believers um, in, in services and, and we together come and say, what is the shepherd saying to us as a community? So that within that I can hear what is the shepherd saying to me as an individual. We go to our community groups and that becomes fantastic places, such great places to hear the shepherd's voice. As he speaks to a small group of people and we have an opportunity. You see, the challenge for us is that we hear the shepherd's voice, but we don't have a place where we can actually really think through. And is that really what the shepherd is saying? Am I discerning his voice correctly or is it just my desires that that are speaking to me? And that's what a community group does. If you've got relationships like that where you can go and say, listen, guys, I hear this is what the Lord's saying to me. What do you sense? And ultimately, it's not their responsibility to tell me what God is saying, but they can help me hear what God is saying because I'm dependent on the shepherd. I need to hear his voice. 
Sheep that long for the shepherd's voice have remarkable experiences with the shepherd. But they can happen in, in services. They can happen in community groups. They can happen any place. They can happen in the kitchen. They can happen at your office desk at work. They can happen on a Zoom call. They can happen anywhere because we're looking for the shepherd's voice because we have recognized how much we need him because that's how we get to know him. And we then let him get to know us. That's the fantastic privilege of being a sheep of the shepherd. And I want to tell you that this lifelong relationship that we have on earth with our shepherd will continue for eternity. It's not a relationship that begins here and ends. This is, in a sense, preparation. This is the training ground. This is the most frustrating part of our journey with Jesus is these years on earth. And what I mean by frustrating is where we're so struggling to hear the voice, where we're so having to discern, having to understand, having to have the disciplines, having to, to keep ourselves in that engaged. But for eternity, we're going to be with him. And it's not going to be frustrating. It's not going to require the disciplines that we need now. It's, it's going to be with him for eternity. Don't think that if you don't want to be with Jesus on earth, you're going to be want to be with him in heaven. This is where we're learning. This is where we're growing. This is where we're developing to get to know Jesus. Sheep live forever with the shepherd. Is the next point I want to raise what I think why Jesus is talking about sheep and shepherd. In John 10, 17 to 18, he says, The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. We know Jesus laid down his life on the cross. But please note, only to take it up again. That wasn't the end of the story. Jesus, the shepherd, died. You see, in the Old Testament, sheep had to die for the shepherd. In the New Testament, the shepherd died for the sheep. And Jesus died so that we could know him, so that we could live with him forever. And that's why he says, only to take it up again. He rose again on the third day. And he ascended to forever be with the Father, to be our intercessor, to be our shepherd for eternity. We will always be his sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Revelation 7 verse 17 says the following. God speaks to the assembly and he says, For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. The lamb at the center of the throne. Here Jesus identifies himself with us because we are the sheep. And he says, I'm a sheep, a lamb. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Every tear. That's what our shepherd does. Last week we spoke about his great compassion for us. And that's the privilege of every day walking with Jesus. Every day. Long obedience in the same direction. The privilege of daily seeking Jesus. Looking for him. Looking to hear his voice. Tuning my life into him, turning my heart to him. When I failed to say, Lord, I'm so sorry, I repent from, from just wandering off, and, but I come back and he's, he says, I know you, you are my sheep. I know many people have found in their spiritual life, particularly in, in all the surveys we've done, that it seems that the area that people have struggled the most with during lockdown is their spiritual growth, their spiritual development. Some people, it feels like they're saying, you know, when lockdown happened, it's like they pressed pause on being a good Christian that had a, an interactive, vibrant relationship with Jesus. But now as lockdown is easing, they can press play again, and now we pick up where we left off and we carry on. That's how you may feel, but I want to tell you this. 
the shepherd never stopped speaking to you. Even when you found it hard to hear him. If you belong, the scripture says, my sheep hear my voice. Now, I believe sometimes we don't discern the voice, but we hear the voice. And, and it may be that right now, it will be good for you. I want to encourage you. If you found lockdown times difficult and you, were, and you felt like you were struggling spiritually, I want to, I want to encourage you. Take a, a moment. Take a, a little bit of time. And just go sit with the shepherd and say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? And you will be amazed to recognize what Jesus has been doing in your life through lockdown and through this time. That he wasn't on pause. He's been busy. And he wants you to hear so that you can pick up and move with him and continue to move. Because the sheep and the shepherd are always together. You are the sheep of his pasture. And he loves you. He cares for you. And he made you this promise or this threat, however you want to interpret it. I will never leave you. He didn't leave us during lockdown. He didn't leave you. He didn't leave you when you didn't quite know how to do certain things. Perhaps you struggled with your children at home and, and, and you were thinking, how do I disciple these kids? How do I teach them more about the Bible? And you were struggling. I want to tell you, Jesus never left you. You can turn to him in every situation. Right now, you may be finding this life difficult, this hybrid kind of some things are online and some things are on site and, and life is, is a bit uncertain. He's never left you. Speak to him. Turn to your shepherd because he loves you. He cares for you. He's not angry. He's not distant. He's near to you. Remember, we spoke about it in October. Do not be anxious for anything. The, the beginning of that verse is God is near. Therefore, do not be anxious. The shepherd is near to you. What a privilege we have to be his followers, to be disciples. And I want to encourage you. If you've had a tough time and you feel like you failed, dust yourself up, get up, and continue to walk. Long obedience in the same direction. When I was a teenager, a saying that really helped me is I heard from somebody that said, a, a successful Christian is one that stands up one more time than they've fallen. We just keep going because our shepherd never gives up on us. So keep going. I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for this time together today. Thank you for this picture that you have painted for us, that you are our shepherd and we are your sheep. Thank you, Lord, that we will never outgrow our need for you, that we will never not need to hear your voice. We will never not need to be close to you. But, Lord, we want to become people that love your presence, that seek you out, that are always wanting to be near with you, Lord. And even when we fail, because we are human and we, we struggle, that we will not give up, that we will get up and that we will keep coming back because you will always receive us, Lord. Because you are with us, you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And I thank you for that. I want to pray for every person that right now may be saying, Pastor Louis, I'm struggling, I'm, it's difficult, you don't know the challenges that I'm facing. I want to pray for them, Lord, that they will feel your presence with them right now and that they would be able to just seek your voice throughout the noise and the, 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 how the situations and the circumstances may be screaming at them, that they would be able to quiet that down and say, Lord, speak to me, and that they will hear your voice. Help us, Lord. To live a life of long obedience in the same direction so that we can acquire the characteristics and the virtues of being a child of God, being a servant 
of the Lord Jesus, being a son and daughter of our Father God, being sheep of the shepherd. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you right now, if you want somebody to pray with you, if, if this message is spoken to you, just want to reach out to somebody. Perhaps you've never chosen to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You've not given your life to him, then, and, and you've not signed up for this life of, of walking daily with Jesus. Then, then contact us as the, the, the information will come on your, on your screen and, and in the comment sections of the social media that you're watching through. Just get in contact with us and let us pray with you and help you. There's some announcements coming at the end of the service now. Please make sure you pay attention to that. May the Lord bless you. May his favor continue to be upon you and we love you and it's such a privilege to be part of this community. See you next week. Family, the countdown to Christmas has begun and part of our rhythm as a community is to ensure that all the children under the care of our partner ministries receive a Christmas gift. We do this through our annual Christmas gift drive, Stars for Smiles. Stars for Smiles looks very different this year because it's the first year we won't be collecting physical gifts. Our partner ministries have indicated a preference for financial contributions this year to minimize the handling of gifts during the strange time of COVID. They will then buy all the gifts at once and distribute directly to the children in their care. Your generous giving to Faith Promise enables us to channel some of this money to our partner ministries for these gifts. And we thank you again for your giving. If you'd like to contribute specifically to our Stars for Smiles Fund, visit our website for banking details and help us make Christmas special for those who need it most. Every cup counts and every rand makes a difference. Also, we're celebrating Christmas under the stars this year. Our Carols by Candlelight service will take place over two days, 5 and 6 December. So save these dates and don't miss out. Well, that's all from me. May the Good Shepherd guide you to green pastures this coming week. Bye-bye.